Hello and welcome back to the Artists High podcast. My name is Jamie Gallagher. I'm Tracy Gallagher. And today we are wrapping up our very first season of our podcast. Yeah. Yep. Season finale. And it's a different one. The last few weeks we have um, spent time interviewing fellow Philadelphia artists who we are friends with and adore. And tonight we're going to turn the focus back on us instead of just giving you anecdotes about our life totally without um, cause or reason or everyone (laughs) actually asking a question, we are going to ask the questions to each other. Yeah. So to kick us off, let's uh, let's do a little cheers to our good buddy Skylar. Cheers. And, you know, our good friends over at Bandit. Bandit. If you like day drinking and saving the environment, drink Drink Bandit. All right. So I'm going to kick it off. Trey, I'm going to start by asking you some questions. Is that okay with you? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. For my own curiosity, what draws you to write for film as opposed to writing for television? It's a good question. And I wouldn't say I don't like to write TV. I think what's appealing about TV is you get to hang out with the characters for a long period of time. Hopefully your show gets multiple seasons and then you can just kind of like see a lot. Mm-hmm. that's always um, appealing that I think that is <laughs> right I think that is appealing about TV but I think for me probably what drew me to film is kind of like the opposite side of that is that if you have a TV show and you don't get to do all of your seasons you could go into it with plans that maybe never come to fruition oh yeah and in a film unless you're like writing a series that doesn't get to be the trilogy you want it to be you're um you get to you get to decide you get to put all of it out on the line and have it all happen and I I think I also just like I like the power film tv is wonderful and super powerful and there are so many episodes in my favorite tv shows that I go back to and revisit boy meets world but yes boy meets (laughs) world but I think and Dawson's Creek some of them do just stand out you can watch them alone but I I think Sometimes you need to watch multiple episodes of a TV show to get the impact. Right. And with a good movie, you, you shouldn't have to. If you, right. With a good movie, if you're having a bad day, you can spend an hour and a half to two hours and just get all of the feelings that you want to right up front versus a TV show. You may need a whole season to get the things sure. that you want. You need to watch a lot of episodes to get the full impact of Pacey Witter to mm. the most satisfying level. You can, yes. of course, watch a couple episodes and re-access some of those feelings, but if but you need the slow build. In right. TV and film, it, they do the slow build just in a condensed version. Yeah, I you get all I the just, feels like a sucker punch. Yeah, and sometimes it's also just, in a way, it's less limiting. You yeah. don't have to worry about shooting on a set. You, I mean, sometimes it's a set, but sometimes you have the whole world, you know. Sure. On the note of the... Um, with TV, you don't always have control because you don't know how many seasons you'll get in this and that. I know I know that uh, you and I, because I just started re-watching Gilmore Girls, I know that you and I were talking about how uh, initially that show was canceled before the, you said the last, what was it, the last four words or something that the writer had, uh, tell the story. Well, the last, listening. I think it was at least... The last season, it might have been before that, and I know there are bigger fans who would know the answer more readily than I do. Sure. But Amy Sherman Palladino, who's the creator, and Daniel Palladino, who's her husband and co-producer and writer, 
didn't have creative control over the final season. The show was still airing on the CW. They were no longer a part of it. That's so wild to me. It's pretty crazy. And like heartbreaking. Yeah. So the last season was not in line with their original vision. You can kind of see a departure in the writing and the storyline and it's things that wouldn't have happened if they had control. And all along... Amy Sherman Palladino did know how she wanted to end the series. She had these four words that were supposed to be the end of the series, and then she didn't get to do it her way. She didn't get the last season. Got it. So it ended without that, and fans forever were craving it, and that's when, eventually, years later, they did the Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life on Netflix. Netflix, and we always got to stepping see, up. We got to see it the way that she wanted us to see it. It's so cool that you know that nowadays there is that opportunity for other what, what would you call it? they're not a network what, like how do yeah, you refer almost to them? a network though it i mean other outlets to pick yeah up to pick it up and the same was true with the mindy project which i loved and I did mindy kaling did she did executive produce it the whole time she never got you know she never stopped doing it but initially the mindy project aired on fox mm-hmm. and it didn't get picked up on Fox for another season, but the show wasn't done yet. The story wasn't over and Hulu picked it up. So nice. then Hulu still released new episodes and it's happening kind of with Brooklyn Nine-Nine now too, where Brooklyn Nine-Nine was also on Fox, didn't get picked up again for That's Fox. Andy Samberg? Yeah. Mm. Didn't, pack, didn't get picked up again for Fox, but NBC picked it up. So it will come back and it's... It is kind of nice that at this point, I think it does have a lot to do with the fact that people are streaming shows, even when it is on a network, even when it's on Fox sure, or NBC I'm guilty or something. A lot of people are usually watching it on Hulu after the fact, on Netflix Yep. after the whole season gets released. So sure. it's easier for fans of a show to say, I don't care if Brooklyn Nine is on Fox or if it's on NBC. I just want to see these characters. Yeah. Do you think any of that, you saying that a lot of the shows are now being streamed or being watched after the fact and, you know in all different places do you think any of that has to do with um the way that people you know are working nowadays the way that people are doing freelance and doing a million different jobs and this you know it could be there isn't that that people like, are sit down leaving. and watch tv time yeah it seems like people generally are kind of straying from the standard nine to five even the people that have those 40 hour work weeks you know some of them will do seven to three or someone yeah will, you know yeah it could be I mean, also, though, people can record and watch things on demand now. So that still works. Oh, that with still your, counts. Yeah. Yeah. That still works. I think it also has to do with the fact that cable's really expensive and streaming That's is an true. option now. So mm-hmm. people do that instead. You can pay $12 a month and have Hulu and watch everything a day or two after it comes out. And you out. can share your account. Or you can't share your cable account. You really. can't. Not really. And you kind can share of, like a channel, probably. I don't know exactly. Maybe you we shouldn't can. go into that. You kind of kind of can um but not as easily as you can no. share like your amazon or your hulu or your netflix or any right. of those streaming services yeah yeah that's interesting um okay so back to the uh the the main discussion um can you tell me so you went to school for screenwriting mm-hmm. uh if people listening haven't heard that already you yeah. went to you graduated from emerson with your degree in Yes. Uh, give us all the words. It's like Media, 10 words production, writing for film and TV. Oh, I just counted syllables. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to school for writing. <laughs> Technically, I guess it's seven words. Yeah. 
If you're including the for and the and. Anyway, so you went to school for screenwriting. Yeah. Um, Long story short. Do you remember the first time or the first screenplay that you wrote? And also, it inevitably could not have been writing it on the final draft program that I know you used for many years. I don't know if that's still a thing, but it it had to be before that, right? Um, Yeah, final draft, I still use. Lots of people still do. There are other things you can use, but it's just Mm -hmm. a really easy way to have it all there set up in screenplay format. Uh, Yes, the first screenplay I wrote was called My Summer with Scott. It was on final draft. It was was, on final draft. I was 16. So what, did you get that as a Christmas gift? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got it as a Christmas gift. Yep. Yeah, my summer I was with 16 Scott, when I finished said? it. It was very long, somewhere like around like 130 pages, which would be two hours and 10 minutes. And it's just like super Right, it's a minute per teen, page like, on that program. Right? Yeah. Um, did you have a summer with a guy named Scott? No, but a girl named Kayla did. Wait, that you knew? No. Oh, 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 this is mm-hmm. the movie. This is the oh, movie. I was asking I if it was Kayla. related to your life. That's why I... Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think... No, but it did like kind of mirror Um, parts of your life. No, not at all. The only thing was that it was it involved like a summer at the Jersey Shore. Oh, okay, yeah. It's Um, like what any girl that we grew up with would wish for. Like, yeah, or guy. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was a love story. Do you remember how it ended? Will you ever release it, or do you want to give us a brief synopsis? I mean, how bad is bad? How like. You know, it's not as bad as I could tell you, you the first expect. scene that I wrote to be in a screenplay. Right. I never wrote again after that because I scared myself. And what was that? Um, it was a horror film. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for people that are listening, we had not forever in our house, but there was um, like a pot rack that hangs from the ceiling yeah. and... Uh, there was a kitchen island below it. Mm-hmm. And when I would come home from school, um, when you were in college and Kate was in college too, yeah. I suppose, uh, mom would leave a note on the counter of you know what time she'd be home or something on that right. island. There was one day that I was reading the note and I looked up and I could see my reflection in one of the pots and I thought to myself, how good would that scene be in a scary movie if you were reading this lovely note from your mom and you looked up and you saw like a murderer behind you. Yeah. And... I was like, well, I want to use Final Draft. So I walked into the computer room, mm-hmm. you know, turned everything on. It mm-hmm. took forever back then and started to write this, not knowing what like EXT and INT stood for mm-hmm. at the time. I was like, yeah, that's how you start it with one of those. Mm-hmm. What's that? Interior and exterior or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. yeah. Um, I probably wrote a page and a half. I think I then hid under the computer desk and called mom and was like, can you come home early? I'm scared. And I never did it again. I think that was it. I mean, sounds right. Yeah. There's a reason I write romantic comedies, you know? Right. So back to your summer with Scott or or Haley's? Kayla's. Uh, I did say Kayla. It wasn't Kayla. That's wrong. Kayla was one of the other ones I wrote like that oh. same year. What did was she have a summer name? with Scott too? That No. Kayla's player. love interest was Camden. <laughs> oh. Camden. I Interesting. Know. I feel like Cameron was popular back then for it was was it a guy or a girl? Guy. Guy. Oh yeah, I don't remember the girl. I don't remember the girl was. Okay, so saying. this, so this chick with Scott. What was this? Sto- like, it was story not, line? you know, like it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as you would expect a sixteen-year-old screenplay to be. Were but they it certainly 16? wasn't good. They were like seventeen or eighteen. Oh, it might have been the summer after they graduated from high school. Okay, 
and she went down to spend the summer at the Jersey Shore with one of her friends. They rented a house, and mm. Scott was from the and area. And then there was Scott. Um, and then there was Scott. You know, like they literally bumped into each other on the boardwalk, and they fell in love. And he had this like sob story. His oh, his mom had Unexpected. died a few years before. He Jeez. never knew his dad. He was being raised by his neighbors, and there was this like. Interesting. Whole, it was very dramatic. Very dramatic. It was not a rom. I mean, it was romantic. It was not not much calm. <laughs> Mostly just dramatic. And then they break up at the end of it. Um, I forget why. Some kind of misunderstanding. And he gets a chance to meet his dad. And blah blah blah. And then um, it's uh, well, the movie starts in like whatever year. And it's her as like a grown woman and she like finds an old photo of them and then it goes to the flashback of their summer oh, together. Oh, so they don't end up together. I thought you were well, going to say they then break. The, oh, the then. final scene is is present day and she bumps into him on the street and it's like, oh, fate. And then that summer with Scott turned yeah. into a lifetime of love. Yeah. You, wow. I mean, I guess. Hallmark never, might pick that you up. You don't actually lifetime. see them. You just like see <laughs> them bump into each other and think, hopefully you know it works out yeah it's one of those like cliffhanger yeah. endings it's very like very dramatic Ugh. super melodramatic all the first things i wrote were were more melodrama than anything else and i think that's just because i was a teenager and teenagers feel yes. really deeply speaking on that so you wrote your first screenplay at 16 mm-hmm. what made you think i want to write a movie I've talked to a lot of people that start writing in their teens you know journaling yeah writing I don't know, like short stories or something. But what made you think, oh, yeah, sure, movie? Do you know? I I don't remember at this point, but I, if I had to make an educated guess, knowing the things that I still know about myself, I would mm. say I realized that I liked writing and I liked storytelling. And it was at the same time that we, you know, we grew up doing so much theater. And sure. I started and I was in a... TV production class in school and it just was this thing where I was like I think this is the best the combination of everything I get Mm. to tell stories and do acting and I could imagine where it was going to be and um and I just could combine a few different loves yeah yeah no I I mean I'm glad you did it's just yeah it's an interesting yeah I don't know like it's not that common that you hear someone as a team being like hey I want to write a movie yeah you know yeah and I and not only did I want to it was like how I would spend right nothing got produced but if I had downtime I would be up late at night just like writing Writing. and mapping things out and character lists and like yeah on the note of mapping things out is is that post-it thing uh has that always been a thing the post-it outline to my bedroom right now yeah there's like uh I don't know what like two feet wide by like six feet tall it's not six feet I mean it's up high but no it's not taller than me oh okay just high two by four maybe sure um space in Tracy's room that's just plastered with all different colored post-its and like scribbles all over it I walked in and thought well that's overwhelming (laughs) (laughs) um no, I didn't always outline. I used to just write without an outline. And then But um, that was that's has that always been your outline method? Yeah. No, I think that started in one of my classes using like different okay. post-it notes or index cards or something as like a suggestion for it was a TV writing one actually because a lot of TV shows are written in writers rooms so you have many people involved so it's kind of up there so that it can be this collaborative process. Got it. Interesting. Um, 
And so you can visually, the one that I have has, I think, four or five different colors of post-it notes. And what is that, character related? Yeah. Each Got character's it. plot line gets a different post-it note so that I can look at it visually and see like who has who's taking up too much of the story, who's not taking up enough. Where do the names come from? Do you get them right away? Are they no. a later thing? How do you think, like, how does that, how does that work? I've never thought about that. It doesn't. Uh, no, sometimes I don't get them right away and I'll just have things written as like boy, girl, man, sure. and eventually fill in the names. Other times the names do come to me right away, but not right away. I'll sit there and debate and I go through all of the names that come into my head first and I know when it is right. I remember I I had this screenplay that I wrote, um, I think I wrote the first like 30 pages of at some mm-hmm. point in the class in school and I always liked the idea of it, but I didn't love those 30 pages okay and I kept going back or maybe it was even at that point completely written I might have gone through the whole the whole I might have written the whole thing and Mm -hmm. I didn't really like and I took a few years off and went back to it and kind of found what I liked and I didn't like the names um and I changed the names of a lot of the characters particularly like the lead two Mm -hmm. And everything, and everything fell, fell into place. Yeah, because they just were not. They went from being Linda and Brad mm-hmm. to Quinn and Connor. And then they made sense to me. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, she just, like, he it was just not wasn't. a Brad. He was, <laughs> was not a Brad. She was not Linda. Oh, that's got to be hard if, like, for parents. It's interesting, though, that, because like, four years old, like, like, oh, crap, yeah. You're really not yeah. supposed to be that name. <laughs> What's interesting about the Linda and Quinn thing, though, was that their nickname versions rhyme so it was some, sometimes she's Lynn and sometimes she's Quinn and those are oh not like a big I, jump but they're a big enough jump that yeah it didn't it didn't work at first I thought you were gonna say they have the same nickname and I was like I don't think I know no. any that are no. called the, the other Mm-mm. um okay so I know this is like an abridged version of what our typical mm-hmm. interviews are but can you give our listeners a piece of advice if you're looking to create and don't know where to start just start and when it feels hard, do it anyway. Mm. It's not always advice that I take myself. And it's I've talked about this before where if I am not super happy and I'm writing, then I start to feel happy. But because I'm not happy, I don't feel like writing. And it's this like spiral. But the solution is just to do the crappy stuff. Mm-hmm. Just do whatever art you can do. Um, just to do it. You don't have to do it well right away. I've always been a better rewriter than I am a writer. And yeah, I have, and I have you to, said that you're. I have to remember that. Oh, I'm killer, like and like gold a second is in or third draft. My first draft is garbage, always. So just make the garbage. You got to get past hump day later. to get to the weekend. You know. Yeah. Right. You just you kind of you have to push through it. Cool. Push through it. You'll sleep better. You'll feel better. You'll find meaning in things that you didn't expect to find meaning in. That's awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more stories about your writing and growing up writing and all the above in season two. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. So, my turn. (laughs) (laughs) I, as your older sister, know that you've been singing like forever. We have so many home videos of you just like singing the crap out of the Chuck E. Cheese theme song (laughs) like as a toddler. So I know how long music and singing has been a part of your life, but what I would like to know is if you know 
when it became like central and important? Do you remember having a moment where you thought like, I really love this? Um, I think I always enjoyed it. Obviously, like I started doing musical theater pretty young. Yeah. So was it like second grade maybe when uh, Annie Jr. or It's Wonderful Life or something? I don't remember yeah. which came yeah, first. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right. Second grade, um, probably. But I don't think that I realized how therapeutic it was until uh, someone. I don't know if it was like mom or you and Kate or somebody pointed out that they always knew when I was having a bad day because I would come home from school and I would go into our bedroom and put on the not ready to make nice karaoke Mm -hmm. Dixie Chicks and I would sing it at the top of my lungs and then I would come out and be like, hey, how's it going? Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, So I think though that's probably, I don't know if that was middle school. I don't know exactly when that song came out. But I think those days were probably the moments where I realized the healing power of music. And I think that's when I was like, okay, this is cool. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I just always enjoyed it because it's fun. Like, I like to sing. I enjoy to sing. I like to perform. But I don't think I realized the power of it until... I mean, I think that makes sense because as a kid, you also don't really realize the power of anything. True. Correct. So I feel like you'll probably be too humble to actually answer this honestly, but just answer it honestly. (laughs) Do you remember a point when you were a kid where you realized that you were a better singer? Than other kids. Like, because I know that little, little, like tiny Jamie, who was like all hair and no body. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> would. I'm still all hair, but uh, yeah, got but some you've grown into your belly to go with it. <laughs> oh, gosh. But um, I remember you just being this tiny little thing who would go sing the national anthem and make grown ass men cry. Do you oh, remember at any point thinking, I'm good at this? I remember thinking more, I'm lucky that I get to do these things. Like when I, um, I, I got like a solo in like the, the chorus in like fifth grade or something, yeah. the a song of peace it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, this is really cool. This is really sweet. And I remember singing like the national anthem at the Lakewood Blue Claws, which, uh, what's that? Like the, <laughs> the minor league <laughs> team. Um, Cash just not so subtly dragged Tracy's scarf over into a little pile in a ball in the living room. I think he's yeah. just cuddling. And he might be. If he, if he starts well, to eat it, yeah. I'm going to take it. But right now, um, it's just cute. Uh, the the Lakewood Blue Claws is, what is it, the minor league baseball team in New mm-hmm. Jersey? Um, and I remember singing the national anthem there. I remember the audition. And I remember getting to sing at one of their games and thinking it was fun to walk through the dugout and meet Buster. So I think okay. I always just, I always just kind of felt like, well, this is cool. If I, if I sing, I get to do fun things. Got it. That makes sense. And I, I don't think I necessarily thought I about get to do the other people because, not. Yeah. yeah I, that you makes know what sense. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when I was in Annie, if, if I do this part, I get to then sing it on the boardwalk. That's cool. Right. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think I've I've always had this kind of thing. Like, what if I'm in Inception and people are secretly laughing at me and they're just giving me these songs so that they could just like that? You know, I don't weird, think there's like, a thing in Inception where they just laugh at people. <laughs> I know, but I'm not sure a, what movie you saw. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> Leonardo, if you're listening, I'm sorry. No, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's what I think. <laughs> All right, that's that's fair. Um. 
Who do you count as your musical influences? You can't do that. There's so many. I didn't say, I didn't give you a limit. I didn't say you could only pick like three. Well, I think, fine, I mean, oh no, I can't. Okay. I think if we're breaking it down to what I grew up listening to, I got like Bruce Springsteen from mom. Yeah. Carol King from dad. Mm-hmm. The Beach Boys from a mom pop. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think everything that I listen to has some sort of influence on me, whether positive or negative. Okay. Um, I would like to say, you know, like the artists that I listen to now are influences of mine, but I think that is uh, incorrect because my music doesn't sound like theirs. Yeah. Um, the influence so has know. already happened. The influencing has already happened. You've been influenced. Yeah. I mean, there's still, of course, going to be people that I'll see and I'll be like, wow, I really like what they did there. I hope I can implement that in some way in my right. stuff. But um, I think but they're I not think part of the with, storytelling of who you are as an artist. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of that happens when you're young. It just is what you're surrounded with. You know, we listen to a lot of singer songwriters, a lot of pop, um, a lot of rock. We didn't listen to a lot of, you know, blues or country or jazz we listen to a lot of musical theater. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't know. So Carol King, Bruce Springsteen, and the Beach Boys? I guess. I mean, I guess in, in short, those are three pretty solid yeah. groups of, yeah. I don't know. We, we listen to a lot of singers and songwriters that were really full of harmony, like vocal harmonies. That's true. Whether it's you know carol and king singing with james taylor and you know or, right and that's interesting because there's a reason i loved one direction you know love me a good harmony well yeah <laughs> right but on that note it's for those of you who've never been in a car ride with jamie there's this thing where people you know have a radio on and they sing along to it mm. like like a normal person like probably loudly and off key or just loudly and on key <laughs> and generally you pick the lead part and Jamie doesn't do that ever it's always like that's not true. it no it's it is true you <laughs> always you sing along to like pop songs on the radio and then you harmonize when you feel like it and I think you're just mm. like you know what this song could use a different layer see and I then you harmonize it like I get what you're saying I do because I definitely have caught myself doing that or you know you've pointed it out to me but I don't think it's I don't think it's a, it could use it. I know. I no, think I know. a lot of it has to do with the fact that generally speaking, I listen to a lot of male vocalists mm-hmm. and I can't sing in their register. So if I want to sing along, I have to make up a harmony or I can't sing along to the song. You could just change the octave. That's what I do. You could, but you, no, you don't always. I don't harmonize. I don't harmonize to the music I'm singing along to. You could, but like sometimes, yeah, but then you don't, I don't want to keep jumping back and forth. If I start to sing a song, you harmonize to me. You just like harmonize. You find your way in. (laughs) You're just like, oh, you know what? Ooh, this is a fun way into this song. Like, let's try this. Yeah. And I, and maybe, and what I'm saying is maybe that's why you grew up listening to so much music that was so like harmony focused and multi-layered and different voices yeah, that people I think weren't afraid you, of vocals back then. I feel like now it's no, kind of, yeah, people kind of totally shun away are. from, I mean, myself included. When I, you know, put out music, I'm like, can you hide the backup vocals? I don't want to be too much. Um, well, maybe that's also because the backup vocals on your music is just more of your voice and you're bound yeah, to get sick of Yeah, if I had real backup voice. singers, that might be. 
I think a you completely would feel different story. I do think you would feel differently. I would agree with that. Okay, so I have a question. You have a song that's about to come out, will be out by the time this airs. Correct. And um, because you're a perfectionist, you said to me recently that you think that it should have been done with somebody else's voice. <laughs> and oh, my no. question is just... <laughs> Do you think you would be able to transition into a songwriter and just stop performing? Do you like do you think you could ever do that or is that is the singing part so much of who you are despite the fact that right now you're annoyed by your own voice that like no, maybe you could give some songs to some people but you'd have to still get out there on your own. I think in that um regard I would I would want to sort of mirror a career like Carol King's. Mhm. Um, sing I think when you want to sing. Yeah, I think I I would like to continue singing maybe a little bit more or a little bit sooner than she got back into mm-hmm. the solo career. But I think what's really special about um, so so to take it back a little bit in college, I was auditioning for this do up group, and we had to pick you know a song to audition with whatever. I picked the song "Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow," and when I got into the audition. I told them the song, I sang my version, and then after it, the first question was, who is that song by? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's written by Carol King, um, but it was made famous by the Shirelles, I think, yeah, right? Sure. And they were like, oh, okay, so which one do you know? And I was like, well, it's, I, I know both, so that's kind of a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really cool about a lot of her music is that, I mean, that song alone, when you really listen to, especially to her version... Or yeah, no, I've sang along to their version, mm-hmm. bop around, dance around, fun song. Mm-hmm. When you really listen to it, it's heartbreaking. Oh, I mean, it's you. like about what, like a one night stand and hoping that this person still loves them in the morning, or yeah. like a yeah, like it's. And when you listen to her version, it's heartbreaking. But there's something beautiful to be said about both. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be awesome. Like if somebody you know wanted to take one of my songs and make it freaking famous, make me some dough. Yeah. Um, and then if I keep all my rights to it and I can release it how I want it uh, right. at some point, or if I can still perform it live how I how I wrote it, I think that's cool. I think that's the, you know, like I love singing covers. If I like a song, I like to cover it because I like, if I'm covering a song, generally speaking, there is some sort of connection personally to it. Right. So I feel like, go ahead. Like if I could be a songwriter successfully, I would do it no problem. But you would never give up the singing, sounds like. No. I, I might uh, I might not do it as frequently mm-hmm. because I'd be like, hey, I have to, sorry, I got to go on a songwriting retreat. Um, no. I might not do it as frequently, but I, would, I, I don't think I'd ever give that up. Yeah. I prefer that to studio work and stuff. That's fair. Yeah. I'd like the record to state I'm not suggesting you give it up because oh. <laughs> I had the opposite reaction to like an advanced preview of your song where you were oh, like, well, oh my voice. And I was like, you're an idiot. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, Sometimes you just get sick of your own voice. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or you just ah, hear things, you hear things bigger than you can like, than you know how to make them. Just like you, you with some of your movies, you know, like. I've said, let's do it. Let's produce this. Let's do that. And you're like, it's a much bigger movie than what I can do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get that. Yeah. You know, it's a real thing. Dreaming too big sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. 
it's hard when your like own imagination doesn't <laughs> doesn't limit you enough, right? I mean, like it's not like you shouldn't be limited, but yeah, but it uh, it it's exhausting sometimes. Yeah, it's, yeah, yes. Sometimes I'm just like, hey, brain, it's uh, two in the morning. You're supposed to be in, you've been in bed for three hours. Like, right? Let's, let's just let's call it a night. You know? Right. Enough is enough. Um. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to think of of something else that I could you don't have soul to. search you with no I, I um, if you couldn't create music anymore mm-hmm. I you I know you don't just shake off wanting to create and or be artistic so what art form do you what do you take oh god there's what so many do? so can I give you two yeah that's fine give me two because like obviously there's there's so many like if you can choose like i'm gonna be good at this art like why would you say no to any of them you know what i mean um but i well, think that's not exactly the question i'm not saying you get like magic powers and you can oh. do something that you can't do okay you're still you you're mm-hmm. just not mm-hmm. doing music i think that i would like to either be a jewelry designer mm-hmm. or write the next harry potter series okay i mean if i'm gonna dream big you know Right. I'm teasing. I like. I wouldn't try to compare, even even myself. Just pretending. I would just. I think I'd like to write like a. I don't know. I guess that wouldn't be considered young audience book at this point. When it first came out, we were young though. Like, what would you consider? Harry Potter the, was still yes. Even the later books. Did it, it grow got, with? It the, got more mature, but yeah, I would say it grew with its readers. Yeah, I think that that. I think I would like to write maybe like a young. Uh, reader what what's it young adult young adult thank you a young adult um series okay because i think there's a lot of power right now in youth and i think it'd be really cool to write a series that has meaning for kids that are going through what they're going through right now have you ever thought of trying to access the same kids through your music uh you know that's a good question and i'm pretty selfish when it comes to music um I kind of just write the songs that come to me and don't really think about the audience that I that that I could. Uh, I don't think really that's too. I don't think that's selfish. I think it's authentic. I don't think. I think it's a very specific kind of music. It is, and and songwriter who's writing with influence in mind. Sure. Yeah. It's like very. A, that's like a very a like driven. Yeah. 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 Um, I I know that I said to you recently though that there is something to be said about like the old Jesse McCartney music that just makes people feel good and yeah stuff like that and part of me is like well in today's world it might be nice to just be the feel-good person that makes people happy but then at the same time but Carol King wrote a song that the Shrells made into a feel-good song even when it wasn't so there's yeah. no guarantee that your song sure. is not feel good yeah if you do Pitch it in a way to the right person pay attention Right. Well, no. I mean, that's like this. You know, I hate this song. Yeah. Pumped up kicks. I was gonna say it, but I I knew you hate it. So I didn't. Yeah. Hate the song. Like, cause I despise the message, but it's catchy as shit. But if at some point I could tap into that age bracket as someone that could be a light in their lives or whatever, that would be uh, that to me would be the ultimate goal. But also on that note before we get into our final question Mm. you did say that you were a kid in middle school and honestly i think it was before you were in middle school who took out their her bad days by singing 
not ready to make nice and karaoke. And that sure. was the Dixie Chicks writing songs specifically aimed, I'm pretty sure, at George W. Bush. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Or um, it was, I don't know it that actually I'm- was not maybe at him, but it was at people who didn't like what she had said about him. Yeah, because they touched upon um, the vice uh, at the time. Dick Cheney? Yeah. Did he have the gay daughter? Yeah. Yeah. They talk about her. Yeah. Yeah. It was directed in there. It was a political song. It was. And maybe most, you know, 10, 11 year olds wouldn't have used that song as their outlet. Even if you don't fully. I. You you and YA writing would be more direct than the songs would be. Well, yeah. I mean, I appreciate what you're saying. I don't think that I really knew exactly what that song meant that's i think that i just melodically was like oh it's powerful it hits some high notes you really get your frustration out i think that's what i meant by saying you'd be more direct in ya is that if you're writing the book ya ya young adult writing (laughs) (laughs) explains why i just answered with the same response because i was like she's speaking another language (laughs) (laughs) no i i just meant that Right, that as a kid, when you were singing the song, you didn't realize the emotional depth of the song. Mm-hmm. But if you're a kid and you're reading a book, you might gain, you might take more of the emotional depth out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Got true. it. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so here we are. Here we are. If you had any advice to give oh, to crap. somebody who wants to create but is afraid to for any given reason, what is the advice that you give? I think, oh gosh, I ask these people this like question all the time and it feels so stressful when it's turned on me. Mm-hmm. I think I would say that trying anything new is always scary. Um, be it creating something, starting a new job, making new friends, moving to a new city. And fear is always going to be a part of human life. Mm-hmm. But I and I know that our sister talks to us about this a lot. The what is it? Something like the um, fear comes. The emotion of fear comes from the same place as the emotion of love, or something. Yeah, it's a yeah. There's like some widely w- acknowledged truth. Yeah. So I think, I mean, and I am fearful all the time. But I think my advice would just be to choose to follow. If there's a spark in you, there's a spark in you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, if you if you've got a gut instinct that says I shouldn't do this, you you probably shouldn't do it. If you've got a spark in you that says something about this excites me and I feel like I should try it, I say try it. Mm-hmm. I, the, the worst that happens is you you pursue that creative outlet and you go, okay, this wasn't really for me. You haven't lost anything, right? You learn. You, you don't lose. You don't lose anything by trying, but you potentially have everything to gain by trying. All right. Yeah, that, I like that. Yeah, so I'd say just, you know, fucking do shit. Yeah. I used to pretend I was going to be a fashion designer. I'm not. But it was fun. Right. I enjoyed it. Right. I look at old sketches and I go, what yeah. the hell was I thinking? Why would somebody right. wear that? I don't yeah. know, but eight-year-old me was like, <laughs> yeah, they will. So into it. Yeah. It's fun. Art is fun. Creativity is fun. Cool. Mm. I that I like that. Sweet. We're going to play a segment called Trust Your Instincts. That was Brendan Johnson for Trust Your Instincts. Okay, are you ready for this? Yes. Lifetime or Hallmark? Hallmark. Mm. Lifetime is more like 
Sabi. Murdery. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's more like, Okay, huh. Lifetime or Hallmark at Christmas? Still Hallmark. Oh, are I they still like Hallmark? that? Oh. I thought that maybe Lifetime Christmas was different. Anyway. Dang. I thought that was a good one. Zach Efron. <gasps> Or Pacey Witter. Don't do this to me. You can't give a fictional character versus a real person. I did. I did it. Oh my god. I did it. I fucking shit balls. I might cry. <laughs> You're lucky that I'm not further into this wine, or I would just start <laughs> sobbing. The rest are easier. I started with the hard one. Okay. Well. <laughs> are you crying? <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> okay. I need to explain. I'm okay. only going to say this because I know this person personally and I don't know the other one personally. Okay. Pace you winner. Oh, all right. Okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's really hard. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Zach. I'm so sorry, Zach. It's because okay. you didn't tip well. <laughs> <laughs> we cut that last time. Dang it. Yeah. Oh, um, oh. oh, it's my yeah. turn. Why would. You're welcome. No, that's really not nice. Okay, fine. On that note. Jack from This Is Us or Jess from Gilmore Girls? Fuck you. <laughs> I was going to save that for number five, but you went in on me. I am going to say Jess. <gasps> oh, Jack Pearson. She's and, dissing Jack and Pearson. Here, and here's why. Mm -hmm. Jack Pearson is just about the, the dreamiest ever. He's a dreamy husband. He's a dreamy dad. He's all the dreamy. Mm -hmm. However, he's not a talker. And not that Jess is a talker. No, Jess is not a talker. But 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 Jack and I would never have found the ground to stand on to get to know each other. And you think you and Jess would have? Jess and I could have talked about books and writing. Mm -hmm. And we would have found something to, to jump off of. And Jack and I would have just been a guy that I had a crush on who never amounted to anything. Okay. Those Compatibility. I, I'm not saying he's one side I get or it. the other. I get it. Um, ice cream or Twizzlers? Ice cream. Okay. Twizzlers are delicious, though. I know. So many good Twizzlers. Like, so many good options. I know. Um, cafe or bar? Ooh, good question. Thanks. Cafe. Mm. Justin Timberlake? Mm. Or Jimmy Fallon? <gasps> oh, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Jimmy. Oh, nice. I love me some Justin, but, and like NSYNC and everything, yeah. but... I don't know that that Sarah skit kind of like saved my life for a really long time because I would just like pee myself watching it all the time. Sarah? Ew. <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> um, oh, but like if I could choose, I would choose them together. Like Rappinville. Yeah. Yeah. Bring, Bring it on, on down, down Rappinville. Okay. Uh, handwritten letter or phone call? Oh, letter all the way. I figured you would say that because you also hate the phone, but yeah, all day, every day. I just didn't know if it was like a time sensitive thing where no. you'd be like, no. Okay. All day, every day. Cool. Christmas season or summer? Oh, I thought you were going to end up saying the same thing that I had written and I almost crept myself. Ooh. Um, mm, I love swimming and it's the best when you're hungover. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it's better when you're not hungover, but it's the best thing but, to cure a yeah, hangover. Right. Um, I got to go Christmas season. Okay. It's so much more magical. Mm-hmm. And I sweat a lot. Okay. My final question. Okay. Christmas mm -hmm. or St. Patrick's Day? Oh, Christmas. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. I didn't think you would say that like, surely. Christmas gets a whole season. So does March. No. 
Okay. Yeah. Nope. All right. That's fair. Home Alone or the Santa Claus? <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> I almost said Home Alone or Home Alone 2, and I was like, nah, that's too hot a debate. I want to know the, the soul question. Oh, I would have given questions. you the answer to that so easy. I wanted to know a soul surgeon question. Um, well, God. We've got Christmas we've got, on like, the brain, antlers, also. Or we've got, like, Home Alone. Yeah. Um, do you want antlers, or do you want someone to bring you back something French? Mitch Murphy. Oh. Um, you know, I, wow, this is, wow. Okay. I really, we're going to get into a sister argument after this is That's over. That's not nice. I was yeah. well, be asking tough questions. Yeah, these were too tough. Um, you know, oh, it's so hard because like, I always think of mom with the Santa Claus because she loves it so much. Yeah, she does. Um, but I love pranks. And then I think of dad with Home Alone because he loves pranks. Okay. And I just feel like I can't choose between my mom or my dad. So well, I'm going to go with like Miracle on 34th Street. That's not the question. <laughs> and I don't think dad loves Home Alone as much as, as, much as mom, mom loves, loves Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. I know. I know. I, uh, Take our parents out of it. They're out of the running. You know, I think. Like Macaulay Culkin I think, or Tim I Allen. Think, Who I do think, you want to watch? Think, enjoy Christmas. I laugh more during Home Alone. So I'm going to have to go with Home Alone. But the magic in the Santa Claus is not to be tarnished by my choice. Agreed. Okay. Okay. I respect that. Okay. Cool. I think that's it. Right? Really? Because I want to know if you're going to loot or if you're not oh. going to loot. I'm looting. Are you looting? Wait. If anybody is just hearing this episode, the question is, if an ice cream truck gets into a car accident, but everybody is safe, the freezers are broken, do you loot or do you not? Save the Choco Tacos. Save the Choco Tacos. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with myself. You won't no, I wouldn't lose. Yeah. I would want to. I mean, maybe. And know, then maybe I would walk away day, and I, I would be either. like, you know what? No, I wouldn't loot. I'd be like, hey, I'm just going to leave some cash here and take some of your maybe frozen dessert. I might just kind of do one of the out. like, oh, the freezers are broken. Do you want me to take some of those off your hands? I'd be like, do you want to use my freezer until you get your car up and running? I'll only eat three. I'll be like, I see there's 50. I'm just going to charge interest of three of three <laughs> frozen desserts. And then you <laughs> can keep it cold. i just be like, I see that there's 50. So I'll take 25. <laughs> yeah, I just, I wouldn't loot. I'd want to, but it wouldn't, I, I'd probably just see it and I wouldn't loot. And I'd walk a couple blocks and be like, why didn't I take that? And then I'd go to CVS and buy it there. Mm. Or you'd go back and then be like, can I have one? But then it'd be melted. Yeah, it'd be sad. Yeah. Well, on a happier note, we have had a blast getting to hang out with our friends and uh, getting feedback from you guys listening to our podcasts these last few weeks. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are excited to take some time to enjoy the holidays with our family. Yeah. You know, and we'll to regroup. We're going to see what season two looks like. If we're keeping the same format, if we're going to bring people in differently or call what you guys in want who aren't in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. You know, we've what talked you want. about the uh, we've talked about the like Skype interview thing. We've got a lot of friends in California and Jersey and New York that we would love to chat with. So, yeah. So if you want to chat with us, you just let us know. Yes. Yeah, shoot us an email. Um, whether you're a listener that knows somebody that should be on it, whether you're someone that wants to be on it, or whether you just want to give us some of your honest feedback, artists type podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we want to hear like what, what you're liking, what you're disliking, 
uh, I don't really want to hear what you're disliking. I'd appreciate it if you tell us, but but I'm not going to say I want to hear it. We're hoping that you're loving everything, but we would love some constructive criticism. We would. Or we don't turn it down. We don't. Anyway, we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, catch you on the flippity flop. Catch you on the flippity flop. Enjoy the holidays, as yes. as previously mentioned. Yes. Christmas is the most magical time of year. You will still be around, you, you know. On uh, we'll be on Instagram. We'll be popping in to talk about stuff going on in the art world and things going on with our past guests. Yeah. Um, so you know, just uh, stick around. Yeah. Bandit again. We'd we love, love it if you. you'd sponsor us. We want that rose. I, you know, I'm not that much on the gram. I recently counted and found out I posted 34 pictures in the last year. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. It's an no. average of three a month, a little bit less. <laughs> but I'll up it. <laughs> well, no, that would be for the whole year. All right, yeah, so three a month. I'll up the, I'll up the post well, up if, the you, ante. if you need me to show some phrase? line. Up the ante. Do I know it? Isn't that the phrase? Yeah. I said it right? Yes. Yeah, we will up that ante. We will up it. We love you, Bandit. So much. We love you, listeners. So much. We're going on and on and on. So much. Have a wonderful holiday season. So much. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the new year. We'll hear from you in the new year. You'll hear shit. Bye. Bye.